Welcome back, Nets fans. What an eventful day it was today. Um, the Nets had a game, so of course that's eventful in itself. But then, of course, right around, I would say before 1 o'clock, Steve Nash got fired. Okay, that's news right there. An hour later, it comes out that Ime Udoka is supposed to replace him. Nothing is confirmed yet, but... You know, Shams has said it and all the other verified people. So at this point, I'd be surprised if it's not Ime Udoka as the next uh, Nets head coach. And of course, going back a few days ago, this had not come out yet the last time I talked to you guys. But Kyrie Irving did something very stupid on his social media that we're going to talk about later. But um, yeah, there's a ton to get to. We'll start with the game first and then we'll get into everything else. So hopefully you guys enjoy the video. Leave a like always helps out. Subscribe to the podcast, all that good stuff. And let's get into it. So the Nets did drop to 2-6 and six tonight. That's the bad news here. Um, Kyrie Irving, speaking of him, played his worst game as a Brooklyn Net. He scored four points, did have seven assists, six rebounds, but I would say by far his worst scoring output as a Net. Did not score in the first half in the game. That was the first time Kyrie has done that in four years, so obviously just terrible overall. They got out-rebounded, had 17 turnovers compared to Chicago's nine. The Bulls had 11 offensive rebounds to the Nets' four, so yeah, they were just noticeable problems in this game. The Nets actually led for most of this game. They won the first quarter, won the second quarter, ended the third quarter up by three, and like Kyrie was still playing like crap, so like I felt like they were in a decent spot, but then Chicago outscored the Nets 31-19 to in the fourth quarter. Zach Levine was on fire. I think Zach might have scored like 20 points in the fourth quarter alone. He was insane. And it felt like the same usual bull crap, just leaving shooters wide open. I mean, Zach Levine must have had two or three wide open looks, and that was just ridiculous. I felt like the Nets' attention to detail defensively in the first half and even third quarter at times was really good running guys off the three-point line forcing them into turnovers but once it got to that fourth quarter it was like hey we're gonna go back to the same crap we always do just not rotate the shooters and not box out not show effort miscommunications and that was pretty much the game right there so uh, the Nets do fall to two and six but for me personally the season does not start until Friday that's assuming there's a new head coach if it's Jock Vaughn once again Jock Vaughn's a terrible coach so the season for me starts when that new head coach takes over. Hopefully, it's either Yudoka or Quinn Snyder, maybe whoever the hell it is, is coaching against the Wizards on Friday. We'll see. But yeah, this game, like this loss was annoying, of course, but it didn't piss me off like Nets losses usually do. It felt awkward that they were playing a game tonight, honestly, based on what happened today and even the Kyrie news. So you know what? It is what it is. You just kind of like we saw some positives tonight. Royce, Royce O'Neal, I think, had a career high of like 20 points. I think it was. Yeah, 20 points. The broadcast said it was a career high. I did not think it was like that low. But yeah, 20 points, a career high. Utah Watanabe played some more impressive minutes. I love what I see from him. Kevin Durant played really really well for the first three quarters. Um, fourth quarter came around and Kevin Durant turned into like the Boston Celtics series. Kevin Durant, a couple of terrible turnovers that were telegraphed, had the ball taken from him, started missing more shots. So yeah, Durant for three quarters though was pretty much perfect. But yeah, the stars did not show up overall tonight. So let's get into Steve Nash. The Nets fire Steve Nash, or they part ways, however you want to word it, basically got fired. Um, Nash lasted two seasons and seven games as the Nets head coach. And uh, it's kind of annoying. I mean, look, Nash deserved to be fired. Obviously, he was dealt a tough hand here. I don't think many coaches could have lasted in this situation. And like Charles Barkley, 
of course, on TNT was just blaming Kyrie and KD, and they deserve a ton of blame, don't get me wrong. But can we also acknowledge that Steve Nash was just not cut out for the job? I mean, both things are true. Steve Nash was not a good head coach, and the Kyrie-Kevin Durant experiment, we'll call it, has been an absolute failure and a clown show for the Brooklyn Nets so far. So I think both things are true. Steve Nash was not a good head coach so far in his career, and Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving kind of made this like a living hell in a way for... uh, for Steve Nash. And of course, the vaccine mandates, injuries, other things that were out of his control, but you get the point. So for Steve Nash, he was a good guy. Um, I appreciate what he did for this team. It seemed like he was pretty committed to being the head coach and all that. He was a likable guy, but he definitely lost the locker room, lost respect. And I would say from the very beginning, I mean, Kyrie Irving had that quote, I think it was early 2021. And this was Steve Nash's first year. And Kyrie basically said, we don't need a head coach. I mean, when you say that, that's pretty much all you need right there. And there were times in Steve Nash's rookie season as a head coach when the Nets, you know, had that Buck series, had a really good year, probably should have went to the finals and won it if they stayed healthy. There were positive signs from Steve Nash. And you're like, all right, he can be a good head coach. It's a tough environment. Like you are coaching in this like COVID year and you're coaching stars like Durant, Kyrie, James Harden was traded for that season. So tough to get used to. We get all that. But Steve Nash in his second year last year completely regressed. And I know Kyrie missed a lot of home games and and Durant got injured. Uh, Harden got traded. A lot of crap happened. But you can just tell from Steve Nash a personal standpoint as a head coach he was just not cut out for the job and it happens some coaches are not ready for big opportunities like we saw this exactly with the Nets with Jason Kidd uh 12 not 12 years ago like eight or nine years ago he and Jason Kidd took over as a first-time head coach and that was the same year the Nets traded for Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and had super high expectations and Jason Kidd definitely had his ups and downs as a coach that year the Nets lost in five to the Heat that season and then Jason Kidd was gone after one year they kind of disagreed on certain things he wasn't straight up fired but Jason Kidd was not as good of a coach as he was Uh, back then as he is right now. So maybe if Steve Nash continues to pursue coaching, which I don't know if he will or not, he has a family, has a ton of money. I'm sure he likes making TikToks and doing his dances. But um, Steve Nash doesn't have to pursue coaching. But if he does and takes over a younger team that where he can develop players and doesn't have to deal with the egos of a Kyrie Irving and a Kevin Durant and a James Harden. And by the way, James Harden, Steve Nash, they did not see eye to eye at all. That's pretty much the main reason James Harden wanted out of here. I know certain people want to blame Kyrie and some other factors. I've read from people that I trust, the articles are out there, that Steve Nash and uh, James Harden did not get along whatsoever, and there was always disagreements about what they should run on offense. So you know what, believe what you want, but I believe James Harden and Steve Nash did not see eye to eye whatsoever. And is it a coincidence that once Mike D'Antoni left as an assistant coach from the Nets after Harden's first year here, that James Harden started to be disgruntled? I mean, probably not. That's not a coincidence. So Nash definitely wasn't perfect, but was not given the best opportunity to succeed here. He had a great roster, had a good win-loss record overall, but the guy was just clearly not ready to be a good head coach yet. And the Nets just effed up from the beginning. This was a situation where the Nets clearly should have hired an experienced head coach. This was not an opportunity to hire a rookie head coach. You had championship aspirations. You know, they hired Nash the offseason before they traded for Harden. And I'm sure the Nets front office and Sean Marks had an idea that James Harden was on their radar and that they were going to trade for a third star. And they decided to put a rookie head coach in that situation. I know there was like a run of rookie head coaches winning finals there for a bit. But you know what? 
in a situation like that with those type of egos, and we knew Kyrie Irving coming here was going to be a bit difficult personality-wise, and sometimes he's tough to deal with, and you know even Kevin Durant to a degree, they needed a guy that can really demand the respect from those players, and Steve Nash just comes off as just way too nice of a guy that players can walk all over, and that's kind of the vibe I got sometimes. So this tweet here from NBA Central pretty much sums it up. Sean Marks reveals what Steve Nash told him last night, quote, they are not responding to me. And yeah, you can tell once again, there was just no more communication from Nash to the players. It didn't matter what Nash said or did anymore. Most of the players were checked out, especially the top two guys, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving specifically. And this is an interesting quote here. Alex Sturm tweeted this out, and this is a quote from Adrian Wojnarowski. Nash felt that he was just not the coach of this team anymore. So that's kind of powerful right there. I mean, when you are once again coaching these egos and superstars, it can sometimes be like a power struggle, and that's kind of how it's been. I mean, Kyrie Irving kind of had a uh, a smack of reality this offseason when he decided to test the market and pretty much had no market because Kyrie is just a loose cannon, as we know. And Kevin Durant kind of had a reality check because the Nets didn't trade him and he did not get his way and he kind of had to tuck his tail between his legs and kind of come back to the Nets. I guess Durant ultimately got his way. Uh, I guess he's halfway there because he wanted Sean Marks fire too, but um, I guess Katie's halfway there to getting what he wanted. But yeah, Kevin Durant did ultimately come back to the Nets with Steve Nash still as the head coach. Sham Sharania said the Brooklyn Nets plan to hire Ime Udoka as their new head coach. Sources tell The Athletic and Stadium. Boston granted the Nets permission to speak to Yudoka and will allow him to leave freely, sources said. And there was also a tweet from Adrian Wojnarowski saying that there was an ESPN story, of course, I'm sure he wrote it, on Ime Yudoka's imminent hiring to in Brooklyn. So it seems like there is a 95% chance, unless something else comes up because we know Yudoka had a bit of a crazy offseason himself, unless something like comes out of nowhere that, that the Nets were not aware of, it seems like Yudoka is going to be the next head coach of the Nets. Yudoka has past history with Ben Simmons. He was with Simmons, I think, back in 2019 with the Sixers. And, of course, during that 2020-21 season, that um, the Buck series season, Ime Yudoka was a coach on the Nets staff. Him and Kevin Durant had a great relationship. And Yudoka just seems like a coach that these guys are going to respect, which is the number one thing. Yudoka focuses on defense. He will not play guys that are defensive liabilities. So, Patty Mills, step it up because, you know, you're not going to be played as much here if Ime Yudoka is the head coach. And Yudoka, of course, stresses ball movement offensively. That was a problem for the Boston Celtics that Jalen Brown, especially Jason Tatum, would like to play a lot of hero ball late in games. And you can tell when Boston started to play better defense and they were more engaged defensively and passed the ball more on offense, that's when the Celtics really opened things up and became the great team they were last year. So, the Nets definitely need that because in the fourth quarter of games, we saw it tonight. The ball movement for this Nets team just stops. It is a Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, you know, alternate possessions of like who wants to jock and take a contested shot and look like the hero. That's been Nets basketball in the fourth quarter in tight games this year. And for the most part, it has not worked out. So whether it's Udoka, whether it's um, Quinn Snyder, whether it's even Mike D'Antoni once again, I don't think that's going to happen. It seems like it is Udoka. I will be happy about it because that is such an upgrade over Steve Nash. Now, 
We know what Yudoka did this offseason. Apparently, he kept sending inappropriate messages to like female employees on the Boston Celtics, which is just, you can't do that. But that was also, he was suspended by the Boston Celtics. So he was not suspended by the NBA. I don't think this was even brought to the NBA. Like I think the Boston Celtics handled this in-house. They decided to suspend Ime Yudoka for the season, and they're going to let him walk freely if the Nets want to have Ime Yudoka as their head coach. So I don't know if any type of, you know, disciplinary actions will happen for Yudoka. I doubt it because if the Nets are going to hire him as a head coach, the Nets must feel that these, you know, allegations or whatever against Yudoka were not that bad. But at this point, the Nets have no morals anyway because their owner does some shady stuff. Kyrie Irving said some pretty bad things or promoted some bad things. And now you have a head coach that was like pretty much sending inappropriate messages to females. So yeah, the Nets are just off the rails when it comes to morals and ethics. They don't give a damn. Not saying it's right but a fan like me i am so hungry to try and win a championship that like i just don't care at this point like just bring in demarcus cousins for all i care like let him stir up the locker room and get in fights with uh markeith morris like i don't i don't care i just want to win games you know what i mean so call me down bad whatever i just want the nets to win games because we're two and six right now this you know championship window it is like this at this point. It is like the size of a, a poppy seed. Like this window is closing very, very fast. And the Nets have to get their crap together. And I'm very happy they made this move to Fire Nash now and didn't wait till like December or January before it got any worse. This is still you know, early enough in the season, the season started like two weeks ago, we're still early enough in the season where drastic changes can be made. They are two and six, but you put together a good month and then boom, you're over 500 and you're kind of back to just, you know, hopefully playing much better basketball. So hopefully the hiring of Yudoka can turn this team around. I think, you know, philosophically, he has what it takes to really kick the nets into a certain gear and, you know, once again, demand the respect that Steve Nash could not get. So I do think the nets are making a massive, massive improvement at head coach. Yudoka maybe isn't as, doesn't have the squeaky clean resume, if you want to call it that, as Steve Nash does, because Nash like never did anything wrong as the Nets head coach. I mean, the guy had one ejection for crying out loud. So Steve Nash was, you know, very clean. We know Yudoka's had quite the history here the past, you know, several months. But anyway, um, yeah, it seems like Yudoka is going to be that guy for the job. So hopefully that works out. But even if it doesn't, I mean, at least they tried. I will give the Nets some credit for that. So let's get to another situation that is non-basketball related, but of course should be talked about because it is a serious issue. And Kyrie Irving, as I'm sure everybody knows by now, promoted. And yes, I hate that Kyrie denies that he promoted it because he did. Kyrie Irving has tens of millions of followers. If you are putting something on your story, bro, you are promoting. That's it. If I'm putting something on my story for 500 people to see, who gives a damn? I'm me. You are Kyrie Irving. You have to understand your platform. I mean, come on. So anyway, he promoted this documentary film. I have never seen it, by the way. So I don't want to speak too much on this, but from what I've heard, from what I've seen, it's pretty bad. So Kyrie Irving promoted this film documentary that was filled with anti-Semitism and some other things that, of course, were not very good. And we know Kyrie is kind of a free thinker, says what he wants, and I kind of respect him in a way for that because he goes against the grain. But some things are just better left unsaid and should not be said at all. And I don't know if he wasn't educated enough about this uh, particular one or he just 
was completely ignorant and didn't care because so far Kyrie has been unapologetic about this, which is the annoying part. So, you know, Kyrie promotes this uh, anti-Semitic film, of course gets called out on it, which he should have been. And then on the game, when was this? The Saturday night game. I think the Pacers game on Saturday night, maybe it was a different one. Um, They lost to Indiana and there was that press conference where Kyrie went back and forth with uh, Nick Ferdell talking about this. And Kyrie, rather than just apologizing and saying, look, I didn't know that you know, what I was promoting was that bad. And just saying, hey, I screwed up. I should not have promoted that. If I offended anybody, I apologize. And I have to, you know, think before I do these type of things and post about these type of things. Rather than do that, Kyrie Irving just doubles down on it and just goes back and forth with Nick Ferdell and just makes himself look like a bigger douche. And like, you know, you guys know, if you've watched me, I support Kyrie in any way I can. Like he is a person I defend more times than not because I do think for the most part he's a misunderstood guy and genuinely is a good person. I mean, based on the charity work he's done and all the organizations he has donated to, we can go over that stuff later. But Kyrie, based on his actions, has been a very good person. This though is just inexcusable. And Kyrie's a person that always wants to talk about equality, says he loves all religions and embraces everybody's religion, blah, 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 and then promotes a film documentary that is filled with anti-Semitism. So like none of it adds up. There's a lot of hypocrisy from Kyrie Irving. And I'm not sure what actions will be taken about this. There has been nothing so far. I mean, this happened, what, like five, six days ago? Nothing has happened to Kyrie Irving so far. No suspension, no fine, no nothing, just a Joe Psy tweet. And I want to talk about that because, you know, obviously Kyrie is 99% at fault here, but I, I'm not really a fan of how Joe Psy went about this either. So here's what Joe Psy tweeted on the night of October 28th. He said, I'm disappointed that Kyrie appears to support a film based on a book full of anti-Semitic disinformation. I want to sit down and make sure he understands this is hurtful to all of us. And as a man of faith, it is wrong to promote hate based on race, ethnicity, or religion. Then he replied to his own tweet saying, this is bigger than basketball. Okay. If you're Joe Psy and you are serious about what you're saying, what's the main saying? Actions speak louder than words. You are the owner of the Brooklyn Nets basketball team, meaning that if you are that upset about what one of your players did, you have the power to discipline that guy, fining him, suspending him. So if this tweet started with, I am disappointed that Kyrie Irving appears to support a film based on a book full of anti-Semitic disinformation, and due to that, we have decided to suspend Kyrie Irving X amount of games or fine Kyrie Irving X amount of dollars, then he got into it, I would respect Joe Psy for that. But the fact that he puts this out there as like an empty threat, basically, oh, we're going to sit down and talk about it. Okay, yeah, what's that going to get you? Kyrie so far has doubled down on this, has not apologized at all. He did delete the tweet, Kyrie. He did delete the tweet about promoting this film. Okay, we'll give him that. But like Kyrie has not even apologized about this. So rather than Joe Psy actually standing up for what this tweet is supposed to believe in, he just doesn't do anything. And I guess there is a chance that a suspension comes or a fine comes. We'll see. But the fact that it has not happened yet and Kyrie has played in now three games since this incident... It shows that, like, this is just based on a reaction. If nobody in the public reacted to this, the Nets would have swept it under the rug and just 
brushed it aside and acted like it never happened. But because of the blowback this got, now Josiah is going to be in a position where, oh, I got to look like a good guy and really give this guy a, a suspension. I just think Josiah's tweet was just to make him look like a good guy. And if you're familiar with Joe Tsai and his like Alibaba um, investments and all that, that apparently has some shady stuff to it involved with genocide. Um, there's an article out about, there's actually a lot of articles out about that, but yeah, Joe Tsai might not be as clean as he comes across either. But once again, if you're Joe Tsai, if you really are that disappointed and this is bigger than basketball, as your tweet exactly says, then he should not have been playing, you know, one of these last few games or even multiple games he should have been suspended if you really did believe what that tweet said that's what bothers me there is no action taken whatsoever as a Nets fan I don't want to see Kyrie Irving suspended right but I would definitely understand if he was because a guy should not be promoting things that are going against other people's religions or race or whatever and this is Kyrie Irving who calls himself an omnist and a person that believes in equality and blah 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 so we know what happened to Myers Leonard the Heat player I think he was caught I think he he was streaming Call of Duty, maybe, and he said a really bad word that, you know, is just another anti-Semitic word. And the Heat, they, like, fined him, suspended him. He was away from the team for a while. I don't even know if he came back to the NBA. I mean, Leonard was, like, kind of a borderline NBA player anyway. He's not Kyrie Irving level, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, they at least took action. The Heat are a very well-run organization, and the Nets are a clown show, so it makes sense. But they at least took the action. Now, Myers Leonard... I guess what he did may have been worse because he actually said it. What Kyrie did was he posted like a picture of the documentary. So like, I guess he didn't say anything, but to promote it once again, and something that involves so much anti-Semitism and other just terrible things that we should not even be promoting in 2022, um, there should be some type of action taken. So I don't know yet. Maybe tomorrow it comes out that Kyrie is suspended. I don't know. I don't want to jump the gun, but I have let this sit for the last four, five, six days, and nothing has came out yet. And once again, I think Kyrie has a good heart. He has done so many things. Like here's a list here donated over $300,000 to Feeding America, partnered with City Harvest to ensure that 250,000 meals were distributed to New Yorkers, donated 17 pallets of food and masks during COVID, committed $1.5 million to help WNBA players that opted out during the COVID season, uh, paid off the college tuition for nine students. And then according to Stephen Jackson, who I think is on ESPN, he bought a house for George Floyd's family. So like, yeah, Kyrie Irving has done plenty of great things for people. I think the guy has a good heart. I just don't like this kind of just came out of nowhere. And then not out of nowhere because we know Kyrie just says whatever the hell's on his mind. But Kyrie, at least what he has said in the past it has been like in a loving way, things that will bring people together. This is something that's going to tear people apart and make people hate you. And we already saw it, um, I think, two nights ago or two games ago. Who the hell were they playing? Oh, the Pacers game two nights ago. There were like eight fans sitting courtside with shirts saying fight anti-Semitism. So it's already starting. And Kyrie just had his worst game of his Nets career tonight. I don't know if that had any type of like correlation, but maybe it did. I don't know. So it is sad to see this because I do consider myself a Kyrie Irving fan, but you know, based on him not apologizing, I have definitely lost respect for him. I still admire him as a basketball player. I want the guy to perform well because he plays for the Nets. But as a person, I have to admit that I definitely lost some respect for the guy. But I guess we'll find out what happens. There is just there's no room for any of that stuff. Any type of like hate towards a certain race or religion, ethnicity, whatever. There's just no room for that anymore. We're, we're so focused 
Now I'm bringing people together. And that is what Kyrie Irving has mostly done throughout his career. And now it's just does the polar opposite. So I don't know. It's, it's sad and it's disappointing to see that, but whatever disciplinary action comes his way, he'll probably deserve it if there is one, because I don't know at this point. So anyway, to close it out with basketball, um, the Nets, I mean, look, they, there's actually been some tweets here, not tweets. There was, um, a press conference with Sean Marks today and he had some interesting quotes. Marks said there was zero input from players on the Steve Nash firing, I guess, you know, maybe there was speculation that KD or Kyrie went to Marks and said, get this guy out of here. Marks denies that that ever happened. And Marks had a quote about Steve Nash saying, we've seen games this year where I don't think we've brought it. And I guess that means like bring the energy to certain games and not being focused. And we saw that tonight once again. The whole fourth quarter was terrible in this game, even after Nash was gone. Like I think the Nets have deeper rooted problems than like just Steve Nash. Like Steve Nash is probably a big part of the issue here, but firing Steve Nash does not solve all your problems. You need total buy-in. You need a coach that these guys respect. Jock Vaughn is not that guy right now. Maybe it's Udoka, but whoever this next Nets head coach is, whether it is Udoka or somebody else, they have their work cut out for them. This will not be a situation where they step in right away and it's going to be easy. They like The Nets need so much to go right from now until the end of the season to even be in the finals conversation that it kind of feels impossible right now, but you never know. Marks did also go on to say that certain teams who make some moves go on to change. And does that kind of hint that there's a trade coming? Because, you know, Sean Marks mentioned that, hey, sometimes teams start out slow and then something changes. And sometimes it's like, you know, moves happen. He specifically said moves. So that, of course, would mean transactions. So, you know, the Nets were in talks with Dwight Howard. He came out and talked about it. Dwight Howard was talking to, I think, Shannon Sharp on, I guess, a podcast or something. And Dwight Howard said he's had talks with the Brooklyn Nets, but the Nets wanted more of a five that can shoot. So at least we know the Nets reached out to Dwight Howard. The Nets just felt that it wasn't the best fit. Although Dwight Howard completely disagrees and thinks he'd be a great fit for the Nets. I don't know if that's true or not, but look, he can't be worse than Dayron Sharp, and Dayron has not played much lately. Um, even Markeith Morris did not play tonight. I don't think. I'll look real quick. I don't think he got a single minute. No, he did not. And uh, even Cam Thomas is not playing much either. So I don't know what type of trade is going to happen, but I do think the Nets will pull off something, whether it is a free agency signing or a trade. Um, I'm assuming that Cam Thomas will be involved in that, unfortunately, because I guess unless a new coach comes here and plays Cam Thomas more, but Cam Thomas is not even a part of this rotation anymore, so that is pretty sad, but I do think a trade or a roster move is coming, and it's probably coming pretty soon, so I guess be prepared for that, because I do think the Nets realize that they are not as close as they thought they were a few weeks ago. Like, they've seen enough games now to know, oh, crap, like, we have injuries and we have guys that are not performing to the way we thought they would. And Ben Simmons looks, I actually didn't mention Ben Simmons. So Ben Simmons looks like 30% of the player he used to be. Um, There's clips going around of Ben Simmons during his peak years with the Sixers, and he is a completely different player. And it's sad. It literally reminds me of exactly a year ago doing the same thing with James Harden. Like I remember going back and watching James Harden on the Rockets in like 2019, 2020, 
and then seeing Harden for the Nets last year and being like, what happened to this guy? Like, why? where's the explosiveness? And I guess part of it was the hamstring, but I just don't think James Harden will ever be that same player that he was for the Houston Rockets. But it's like the same thing, except this time, Ben Simmons is 26. He is coming off back surgery, which is the main culprit here, but... James Harden was in his early 30s. I was hoping he would be able to kind of get back to the same player he was in Houston last year. That never, like, materialized. He had some games, like he had that stretch versus the Lakers and Clippers near um, near Christmas last year. But Harden, for the most part, just never returned to that guy at a consistent basis. And then before we knew it, he was off the team. But now, with Ben Simmons, another Nets point guard, I guess you can call him, we're having the same problems a year later. Like, we're wondering what the hell is wrong with Ben Simmons. Like, I thought Simmons might have started out the first five or six games a bit slow because of rust, but there looks to be a physical and maybe even mental issue with Ben Simmons at this point. He doesn't trust his body. We saw him in that Bucks game. I think that was like the third or fourth game of the year. He was grabbing at his back, so he definitely tweaked his back at some point. He's not even close to 100%. Now, I did see Michael Porter Jr. of the Nuggets. He's had back issues and I think he had a back surgery, maybe two, but he talked about coming back from that type of injury and says it takes a while to get your explosiveness back and he thinks that Ben Simmons will get his explosiveness back. So that made me feel better about Ben Simmons, but like, I just don't know how long the Nets can afford to wait. And I guess they have to. They pretty much, there's no other choice. The Nets are not trading Ben Simmons right now. That makes no sense. The Nets have no other choice but to wait. But they have to hope that Ben Simmons returns to form as soon as possible because they need, like a fully healthy Ben Simmons would obviously help this Nets team a lot. I don't even know if Joe Harris is fully healthy. Joe Harris played amazing defense two games ago. Um, In the fourth quarter, he was locking up Halliburton. That was awesome to see. But Joe Harris, even tonight, Reggie Miller said he did not look healthy, so like, I don't know, Joe Harris, I guess playing back-to-back doesn't help either. They're getting some good minutes from Edmund Sumner, but he has no perimeter game whatsoever. He can drive, and he's actually been pretty good at creating for others. He had five assists tonight. David Duke Jr. played 19 minutes. It just feels like way too many minutes. Patty Mills, 10 minutes, 9 points. He knocked down his shots, but he is such a defensive liability. I say this every time I talk about him. And yeah, you got good performances out of Utah, a career high from Royce O'Neal, but it was not enough because I think if Kyrie Irving had a decent game tonight, they'd probably win, but that was not the case. So the Nets' schedule going forward here is going to be at Washington on Friday, then a back-to-back at Charlotte on Saturday. Games that the Nets should very much, you know hopefully win, at least compete at a high level. They should not get blown out in those games, but I don't trust this team right now, so you never know. But um, so Washington, Charlotte, Dallas, the Knicks, then a West Coast trip that includes the Clippers, Lakers, Kings, and the Trailblazers. So that's your next eight games. Nothing there is like daunting. You know what I mean? Like, I guess the Clippers, but they're not playing well. They're kind of like us right now. Dallas just beat us the other night, but the Nets actually gave them a good run for most of that game. They went to overtime. So yeah, I mean, they gave them a very good run. So over these next eight games, I am hoping that this team can go like five and three. I think that's like a realistic hope, expectation in a way. At Dallas is tough. I'm sure the Knicks will give them a good fight. They'll be a scrappy team. At the Clippers... Might not be easy, depending on if Kawhi Leonard's back or not. But, um, you know, you never know what Lakers team will show up. I don't think they're that good anyway. But, yeah, I mean, you just got to take it one game at a time, though. I, I try to just bunch the season up in, like, different stretches. But, yeah, it's all about Washington on Friday. Then you have Charlotte after that. So, hopefully by then we'll see Ima Udoka on the sidelines. But 
I don't know. But I guess we'll find out tomorrow what the case is with that. But um, yeah, not the best start here for Brooklyn. We knew coming into the year the Nets had a very tough opening schedule. The first five games were very tough for this team. They were all against playoff teams from last year. You know, the uh, Pelicans, the Raptors, the Grizzlies, the Bucks, and the Mavericks, they went 1-5. and 1-4, and four, actually. Then they went 1-5 and five and lost to the Pacers on Saturday night. That game, by the way, oh my god, that Pacers game on Saturday night, it ruined my night. I was at a wedding, and of course, me being the jackass that I am, watched that whole game on my phone, and instead of enjoying myself at the wedding, I watched the Nets get blown out by, you know, Halliburton and the, and the Pacers, so... Um, that was rough to see, but yeah, I, I just hope that just this new head coach thing just turns a page for this team. I was hoping that tonight they would get this win and get to three and five and really start to just look up, but um, another road bump here or speed bump for this team, they fall to two and six, but um, for me personally, if Udoka is the coach on Friday night, that's the season opener for me. I'm going to forget what happened these past eight games, and it's a new season for me. Hopefully, the Nets have that same mindset. So I'm hoping that that's the case. I am tired of Jock Vaughn already. It's, it's been basically one game and maybe two quarters of Jock Vaughn, one and a half games, because he filled in for Nash after he got ejected versus the uh, Bucks. And I'm already sick of the guy. So yeah, hopefully next time I talk to you guys, we have some better results. I'll probably talk to you guys maybe after that Charlotte game on Saturday night. So after two games here, I'll talk to you guys, but we'll find out. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the video. Leave in the comments how you feel about everything. The Kyrie stuff, the coaching stuff, Steve Nash being gone, Cam Thomas not playing, who should the Nets trade for and all that. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the video. I'll talk to you guys next time.